We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime and Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and joined by Sean Siegel as we get ready for more draft season today. Though, Sean, we're going to be linking it in a little bit to the draft itself, uh, but maybe not in the way the listeners are expecting. Uh, the Dynasty Workshop up on the website with Curtis Patrick, he's talking about how to win early in Dynasty startup drafts every year. And I think there's some really good information in this that we're going to be talking about on today's show. So I know I say this about every show, Sean. I know I always say it's the most fun time of the year and the show today is going to be a lot of fun, but recording these shows is always a lot of fun. So uh, looking forward to this one again. Yeah. And I mean, again, we talked about if the Chiefs had won the Super Bowl, then Super Bowl week would have been the most fun of the year. Since they did not, then this time period right now where we're doing our football <laughs> drafts, we're doing our dynasty startups. This is the most fun time of the fantasy football season. So we're we're really getting into it here. One of the things we wanted to talk about, we often talk about my articles on the show, but we also like to spotlight some of the other great stuff that people are doing. Sam Wallace and I have been involved in a super flex dynasty startup mock on the site sam's got part four up there and you know his work is fantastic make sure to check that out talking about how round four is around that you can really create a lot of extra value by trading around trading down being patient today we're going to talk about curtis patrick's 
Dynasty Workshop. And for anyone listening to the show, they know that Curtis Patrick is one of, if not the sharpest mind in the entire Dynasty universe. And one of the cool things that he has done with this piece and with this series, he teaches you how to play Dynasty. He teaches you how to win. If you've been in the league with with Curtis, you know that he's the guy you have to beat in the finals if you want to win your title. And we're looking here today at how to win these early startup drafts. So Maybe you're thinking, well, you know, we're going to wait to do our startup until after the NFL draft. You want to know where these players are going to go. And my suggestion would be, yeah, that's that's fine. You can do that. It is a little bit safer. It's certainly still fun that way. I mean, there, there are no downsides to it. But if you want to add a little bit more strategy to your league, if you want to add a little bit more uncertainty and fun, you want to be someone who benefits from the Road of Viz rookie guide, then consider having your startup before the NFL draft, because there are some areas that you can really exploit if you do that. And one of that, one of the areas is where rookies go in these startup drafts. Now, Curtis has used our Dynasty ADP tools. They're pretty cool because you can pull up the two, three, four-year trends from some of these guys. You can look at stuff from MFL, or if you're getting ready to play one of these FFPC Dynasty Leagues, which are a lot of fun. They've got some orphans out there right now. If you don't want to wait for a draft, you just want to get in there. Some of these teams are heavily discounted, so you can play for less than you would otherwise have to. You can pull up the FFPC ADP. You can pull up MFL ADP. You can see where these guys have gone over several years. And Curtis has been able to do this, pulled out the rookies, and column. he came to some pretty surprising conclusions. Yeah, I think, and, and just when we before we get into it, Curtis is obviously uh, back on the airwaves um, since last week with the Dynasty Command Center as well on the the road of his radio airwaves. So, uh, for anyone that uh, isn't a, a regular listener to Curtis, uh, just phenomenal stuff that he puts together. His content on the the website is always phenomenal. But I, I think in terms of a, a podcaster, the work he does is is tremendous. So, if you're not already subscribed to the Dynasty Command Center, make sure you you do that. That'll be my my plug. Uh, it's one of my uh, like i don't miss an episode or listen to every single one of his shows so do uh do subscribe to that now in terms of what he's found here uh, nicely illustrated uh, in the article as well very very simple uh, in terms of the rookies drafted by startup round when we look down through them as well he's done it over the last three seasons to to get that data what you will see is that you know year on year through those first 10 rounds it mightn't seem like huge huge differences but when we add it up then through the three seasons um there's there's a lot more uh, in terms of the the post-draft nfl which he's counting as the late season kind of dynasty uh startup drafts that are happening well past the draft and then the drafts that are starting now in the pre-nfl draft time so if we look in terms of top 60 picks um, that's where i see a lot of change and then obviously as it broken into top 120 picks when we look at it year on year uh, we see again those splits uh, qu- quite dramatic i think and, and when we start looking at them in that their particular uh, bucket but when we look at the three years combined uh, top 60 picks pre-nfl draft we have 12 picks going in the top 60 and post nfl style drafting later in the offseason we have 20 so that's jumping by eight picks in those top 60 uh, and then in the top 120 we have 43 in the pre-draft and that jumps by 12 picks then to 55 uh, in the post-draft so it's shown that there is a, a big change and a, a big uh, fluctuation in those values after the draft 
um, and we're seeing that it's it's not a case of like the top 60 picks that everyone's filtering in and at the top, the 50 to 60 range is broken down to see it round by round so a lot of movement a lot of change and all very positive for those rookies and what tends to happen at this point of the season is we're not sure if the landing spots uh, and obviously that there can make people a little bit apprehensive to draft those guys but when it comes to how that value changes post-draft it's pretty much a, a jump uh, forward in terms of adp in all instances it is and one of the things that he does look at here is trying to d- let you know whether or not this is based solely on one year and so we can look through and see that's actually been quite consistent we look at that top 60 in 2018 four players four rookies pre-nfl draft eight post-nfl draft 2019 only one before the nfl draft four afterwards last year seven before eight after the numbers are similar in terms of the number of guys who are jumping up in the top 120 and there are a lot of guys who start going in the top 120 so that range from 60 to 120 is a great range to target i said surprising call i don't know for sure that this is surprising we do know for example that one thing that will happen in these best ball leagues and we talked about how to beat your best ball draft on tuesday is you see some of these rookies really rise once people know where they're going to go i think this is interesting because one of the things that does happen is that we know that a handful of rookies will hit teams and hit circumstances that actually aren't that good for them right? You think about 2020. And again, last year we saw the same trend. That was even after Jonathan Taylor lands with Marlon Mack, DeAndre Swift lands in there with uh, on Johnson. And it turns out, you know, the big problem ended up being Adrian Peterson. But beyond that, the big problem was the Detroit Lions. They don't really throw to the running backs that well. That's going to change, but it wasn't a great situation for the rookie to come into last season. Cam Akers goes in there with Darrell Henderson and J.K. Dobbins gets stuck in this situation with Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram. So even knowing then that some of these guys go to bats, and I think for some of those players, we were pretty disappointed that they didn't go at that first, second round edge. A lot of them dropped into the mid-second round. But you do have some other guys like a Clyde Edwards-Alaire who benefits from going with the Chiefs. Now, you know, that didn't pan out. But in terms of the value that you saw and the trade value that existed before the the semi bust action from Edwards Alaire, there was an exploitable opportunity there. And so we want to be looking at a couple of different types of players, I think, Colin. The one would be someone like an Edwards Alaire. So if we're looking at the running backs and we're looking at, say, the top four, five, six guys, then if we can take the players at the back end of that tier, if one of them hits the right situation, we know he's going to vault up. The other thing that we can be looking about is all of these wide receivers. One of the things that we've talked about on the show is that in Dynasty, the rich stay rich and tend to get richer because wide receivers fall to the second half of rookie drafts and then they end up being the more valuable players on average. Now, there are some very high-end running backs. We don't want to discount this idea that you know, like all running backs are bad. That's definitely not the case. We're not saying that. But just in terms of the number of hits and then the number of years that those hits play, we have these wide receivers who really pan out. So, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do that same kind of thing where looking at those wide receivers who are going to fall into that 60 to 120 range, we have double the chance at value because they're likely to rise after the NFL draft and they're likely to be more valuable than they're being priced either way. Right. So we have a different kind of, we have multiple types of safety built in. So column after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about some prospects we might want to target and look again at these guys from a mock that I recently put together, looking at some things you can get out of the Rotoviz rookie guide. Hey, Rotoviz radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RV Radio 21. That's RV Radio 21, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Yes, John, when we look at it, uh, looking at some people you might want to kind of put this into practice in drafts. And I think uh, a thing you mentioned there that's interesting, but I think it, it kind of fits in with Curtis's piece as well is when we see some of these guys like a, a Clyde Edwards Alaire last year and he went from you know second or third kind of option and pre-draft ADP to the top option after the draft and we've seen Jonathan Taylor go from like the top option to the second option but what you will see is the guys at the top are going to maintain that value even if they drop a place or two but like you mentioned some of the the wide receiver options that you'll have here um, and we've seen this again this year where some of the guys going in that mid, kind of late first round to even mid second round those guys like can really jump up in value through that first off season uh, and again a lot of that comes down to landing spot a lot of that will come down to off season hype in terms of what's happening uh, and i know we didn't really have this as much last year with the training camp situation but a lot of the reports coming out that player a is looking so good at camp and you know is adapting to the nfl well and that value will just start to pick up from there it's very rare that you see a guy come in in that rookie season and the value is going to keep dropping off after the draft uh, unless things go really really wrong and um, so i think there's a another opportunity it's one of those and i we can have this conversation next year too sean i think it'll probably be similar where those wide receivers who are going in the the later half of that first round 
really fit into this so so well and i would say again all the way through to the and it'll go beyond this but i find in dynasty one of the best value positions is the the late first round early second round wide receivers um because there's usually four or five guys in there that i'm happy to take my pick from uh we see that year on year this year there's a couple of candidates sean that you mentioned in your recent piece that i think fall into that category they might uh, just be and I think they might just fit into this window in terms of that late first round. Um, and it, it could depend as well, uh, obviously, after the draft of where it go. I think these guys potentially, based on Lanton spot, could push themselves in to the top half of that first round quite easily. Uh, and that's Jalen Waddle and Rondell Moore. I think both of those guys um, have the opportunity to really skyrocket in value over the next four or five months. Um, and I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the ADP and the the dynasty community and of course when we get to baseball and redraft communities handle that I think both of those guys probably fit into that value where I think they'll they'll just be a little bit undervalued pre-draft and and that value will start to pick up post-draft I agree and uh, these players hit the 111 and the 112 in my first rookie mock talking about where I think these guys are going to go now this is super flex right so we can talk about these quarterbacks really quickly first at the 108 and the 109 I have Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and these quarterbacks are coming from a situation where their final year AYA numbers 12.5 and 11.7 and Lance obviously sitting out 2020 but those numbers are are excellent. And both of these guys with the plus mobility, the NFL size, the good arms, they give off these Dak Prescott, Josh Allen sorts of vibes. And yet at the same time, there is a lot of risk because they only have the one big season on the resume. And that season, not against the high level competition that we might have seen from some of the other quarterbacks. So I like Wilson and Lance anytime you get a bargain on them. And I think that's, again, where this idea of, okay, these guys are going to rise post-NFL draft comes in. I think of one of the main drafts that I did in exactly this format last season. And, you know, we've mentioned a few times that I was really high on Justin Herbert last year, but didn't just barely missed him in a lot of drafts. And so, you know, you actually have to get your guy. There's You, you can't just say, oh, well, I liked him, right? You, you have to draft him. And I remember the draft specifically where I was at the 708 and TJ wanted to trade up a couple picks and I'm looking there and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, I can take LaVisca Chenault if he falls a little bit here. I can get my guy. I can trade back and get another pick. And, you know, that's where I'll take Herbert and just two picks here. And of course I made the move to switch back two picks. Uh, TJ takes Herbert. I do get a good player. I think Chanel will end up being uh, very good as we go forward, but losing that guy who now is, I mean, he's a first round super flex startup player. Last year I had him at the 708 and didn't pull the trigger. You know, that's where you want to be careful. You want to make sure you get exposure to some of these players. I think Wilson and Lance, as long as you wait, as long as you make sure that you're not reaching for them, become very, very interesting quarterbacks for the super flex. McCollum, like you mentioned, let's jump down to these wide receivers. We have Waddle from Alabama. We have Moore from Purdue. Different situations. Big red flags for both guys, but also just this tantalizing upside and fitting in with our theme. Once they go in the first round to a specific team and you can start to dream about the quarterback combination, the coaching combination, I think, and obviously the NFL draft is set up to thwart your expectations. Every year we get the Clyde Edwards-Alaire types of picks. 
But I think that these guys are set to go in the back half of the first round, which is exciting in a lot of ways because they're more likely to go to a team that really has some things going. I think for Rondell Moore, I mean, the perfect fit is the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, the perfect fit with Jonathan Taylor, they had the chance, they passed on it, <laughs> they paid the penalty in the Super Bowl there. This year, you know, they're already starting to talk about, oh, you know, we'll resign Sammy Watkins if if the value is right. Like the value is zero, right? I mean, is Sammy Watkins going <laughs> to pay for zero dollars because, because that's where the value is for next year? Let's talk about these two guys. We have Waddle, and one of the main things here is that he's in this Alabama wide receiver core that has two first round picks last year. It has Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, and possibly the first wide receiver off the board if not then the second a guy who's probably going to go in the top 10 who just had one of the greatest collegiate wide receiver seasons in college football history right auto playing a little bit in the shadow of those guys doesn't have the market share numbers that we would want or expect for someone of his caliber but you get all of the rumors and the rhetoric about how you know he can ch- challenge that freakish speed from Henry Ruggs, and he's probably a better player than Ruggs. One of the things that we're looking at is that because of his injury in his last season, where he was really going to be able to show what he could do, you know, once Ruggs and Judy were gone, that injury made it harder to tell. But we did have this four-game stretch when he was healthy, where he puts up eight, 134, and two against Missouri, five, 142, and one against Texas A&M, six, 120 against Ole Miss, and six, 161 and one against Georgia. We know that one of the worst mistakes that NFL GMs and fantasy owners can make is to put too much emphasis on a small flash of numbers. But within the context here, knowing the other things that we know about some of these Alabama receivers, assuming that he actually is the number one alpha athlete in this class. Is he someone you'd be excited about? Oh, I, I, I'm excited. And I, I know there's, I think out of all the the rookie wide receivers coming up in this incoming class, uh, the most messages I've got on Twitter, the most emails that have come into Rotoviz, radio at gmail.com have been around Waddle. Um, the, the one thing I'll say is it, it is kind of a, a polarizing pick at some point, And I think you've kind of hit on why that is. And it's basically that there's, you know, an amazing stretch and that uh, four games of what he can do, but it's like, was that lightning in a bottle, or is that uh, something that we can see translate to the NFL? Uh, I think when we're doing this particular uh, kind of viewpoint that we're looking at players and their improvement value, like if he happened to end up with the Chiefs, uh, you know, it's just, that's just going to be petrol rocket fuel on top of. Uh, his, his ADP, um, but I think that there's so much uh, potential coming in there. I think, you know, you could also say that there's the injury concerns as well, but um, in terms of his college career, just one yard shy of 2017 touchdowns for him. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that, um, you know, how that filters through different people's perspectives. But I think that also means that, like I mentioned, the possible polarization off his uh, pick and where he lands and how much of the sample size is going to affect it, I think we could see him potentially fall in drafts where that shouldn't be the case. Uh, I think people are going to pass up pass him up in some leagues, and I think that just leads to, to more value for us um, on him in, in our drafts. It's interesting because 
the Las Vegas Raiders took his teammate last year. And then their sort of postmortem of his rookie season was that, yeah, he's fast, but he needs to work on all of the different elements of being an NFL wide receiver. And you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I mean, those are things that everybody seemed to know. (laughs) Right. I mean, Ruggs was someone who was an unfinished product. And when you compared him to Judy and to Smith, he was not in that same ballpark. And yet you still took him as the first wide receiver off the board. When you're telling us that he needs to work on his wide receiver skills, that's not news to anybody. Right. So, you know, we still have some hopes for rugs. Blair has some cool articles about him. If you're wondering what the upside scenario might be for him, uh, Google those, check those out. Anytime you read Blair Andrews, you come away having learned something about football and how to play fantasy. Uh, give that a check. But let's go to more here really quick before we wrap up, Colin. My contribution to the Rookie Guide in Volume 1, and I'll have different articles in Volume 2 and Volume 3, all of which you can get for the 1999 package. My article was on wide receiver breakout age. This is something I started talking about back in 2014 and, and really one of the foundational articles uh, for the site and for our prospect analysis and you know if if you miss that or you want to check in, in terms of exactly how you should put breakout age together and what it means again blair had a great article on that last year in his wrong read series and the thing that, that was kind of fun for me is that it, it basically vindicated the method that we've been using if it hadn't we would have changed we would have made sure that we use the best practice so we're looking at these guys who hit a 30% dominator rating as their breakout. And we're looking for people who do it early. And there's sort of this soft threshold. Now, the early is better. So it's not like we're just looking at a threshold. But if you look at 20.5 as the age, then the players who break out before that go on to uh, better results than the players who break out after that by sort of a full round. Okay, so you're talking about second rounders outperforming first rounders, third rounders outperforming second rounders. So if all you knew about the players when you're going into your rookie draft was where they were drafted and when their breakout age was, you could beat the draft. Okay, so that's something to keep in mind. It's something that's sort of fun. It's not the only thing that you should consider by any stretch, but it is a metric that will help you win. And so then we're looking at this 2021 class. It's kind of fun because there are a ridiculous eight guys who broke out before 20.5. And the real standout is Rondell Moore, who broke out before he turned 19. Okay. And so we look at that freshman season. He had 1,258 receiving yards, scored 12 touchdowns in 13 games. But he also added another 213 yards and two scores on the ground. One of the things that you know, if you've been following our rookie research and our prospect research through the years is that these peripheral touches are a very good indicator especially for smaller receivers like Moore, that they're going to translate well to the nfl and so we had this player who as a freshman looked to be maybe the next coming of say steve smith and then has the injury truncated 2019 2020 he opts out after a few games and so now we only have seven games in the last couple of years to be able to do analysis on him and so the question that it comes back to is is he that guy he was as a rookie or have the last couple of years changed things Colin, you know me i would prefer to go with the player who comes into college and dominates his collegiate peers when he's young who shows he can do it right away who doesn't need two three four years to be able to grow just to be able to dominate college players 
right? And the, and the evidence bears that out. It doesn't mean that that's going to be the case for every single guy, that there are no old seniors who go to the NFL and succeed because there are some. But again, if you want to talk about the odds of beating your draft, this is something that over time is going to allow you to build up this super team. So I'm pretty intrigued by more, but again, there are some red flags. Yeah, there is red flags there, but I think this year more than ever, like it's going to be a, a quite a strange off season. Um, I know last year we were kind of in this situation, you know, with uh, COVID and things like that, and how the off season program then adapted. But I think with then some players like opting out of parts of the season, opting out whole seasons, I think that's what's going to make it a little bit harder for, uh, you know, people deciding where to draft these people in the actual nfl draft and where that checks out um i think if it was a different year and he had opted out of you know pretty much all the season uh while he did opt out this year after three games i think that would be like a huge red flag there'll be a lot of concerns around that i think in this particular year and what has gone on i don't think it's as much of a concern obviously you'd like him to have uh, played a full season of college you know heading into the nfl but I would just be treating it similar to an injury season. And in this particular case, it's not an injury, which is an even more positive situation. So the 2019 injury would be more of a concern to me than sitting out the uh, 2020 season. I think that's understandable. Um, So my thing here again, I think those are things that people who maybe are a little bit more risk averse are going to be avoiding uh, drafting somebody in that situation. But I think this year, you're going to you know get rewarded for taking those risks and drafts and there's going to be like there's no real safe picks it'll be i'm very intrigued to see how the nfl draft shakes out how they decide those players you know through four fourth round through seventh round shake out and how they make those decisions i think it's going to be very very intriguing to see it all play out i think we could see uh, a big change in value based on some of the, the later round guys going earlier and some of the guys projected to go in the mid rounds going later. So I think there's going to be a lot of shuffling around there. But I think with more, I think what he did at such a young age in college, the numbers he put up, the way he put them up, both on the ground and through the air, the number of touchdowns that he put up as well being a, a major factor in that. And you mentioned him, you know, breaking out. It, it was a 37% dominator written uh, that he, he, he generated there. So just you know phenomenal numbers and i think i would be putting that into uh into my draft pick when i get to that spot at the end of the first round um and i would be i'd be happy to take either of those guys and i mentioned it earlier in the show where you get to that point between you know the 110 and the 205 and there's two or three wide receivers there that you're just you're really happy to to pick up if, if they're sitting there for you and I just have a feeling these two guys could potentially be in that range, uh, you know, when we get to draft time. And I think if you're drafting now, uh, I think we could see them fall into a nice landing spot, which could really skyrocket that value as well. But it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I I, I am intrigued to see how the draft process and the, and the NFL itself plays out over the the next couple of months. Um, finishing up, Sean. Uh, we've had a, a couple of questions over the, the last couple of weeks uh, that fit in with our topics. And we, we haven't talked a huge amount about quarterbacks uh, drafting them on this show, but we have over the last couple of weeks. Um, and a question comes in from Moylan, and, and he's wondering, what do you do when you have multiple young quarterback studs and how to continue building draft at the position? Um, and te- basically... With this upcoming draft being so deep, he's wondering to continue building team depth. But he said he already has Mahomes, Murray, Burrow, and Trubisky. 
I don't know if we can include Trubisky as quarterback depth, even in, in Superflex at the moment, but we'll we'll see what happens there in Chicago. But uh, obviously the first three of those who he's talking about is what he, he also pointed out in the question. Um, he's wondering uh, to keep drafting quarterbacks uh, or does he you know keep the ones he has? Does he sell some of them? Uh, what do we think that he should uh, kind of do in that strategy? So I, I think, Sean, in Superflex, it's, it's important to have core of quarterbacks now he has Mahomes, Murray and Burrow uh, and I think that's just a phenomenal trio of quarterbacks in terms of uh, building and getting deeper where do you fall on taking let's say if you have your first round pick this year in a super flex are you going quarterback again are you going for position in need I think you're going to mention that you know it's about the rich getting richer and if you do have that option you probably want to go and get that young quarterback as well to to keep in that trade window where you can trade that stud quarterback and still have those pieces coming through. But I'm interested to get your thoughts on it. Yeah. I mean, in super flex, it's almost impossible to get to where you have too many quarterbacks. I, I have a hard time doing it because the slightly riskier approach is to load up and have the most powerful wide receiver, running back tight end combination. And then, try and have some guys like a Tom Brady and a Drew Brees take you through those first three or four years and allow then the subsequent drafts to pay off. And so for drafts that I did three, four years ago, that philosophy has been fantastic because Brees and Brady continued to perform at a level that would allow you to win. Now Brees probably done, Brady perhaps has many more years to go. We'll see how that works out. But I, I like that approach, and I think that in the top six of this draft, there are so many elite players. I think all of them could arguably fit in the number one spot. We went through that on the show recently where we talked about the first half of that first round, and those guys are so appealing. It would be more difficult to pass on you know, a, a Smith or an ETN or even, say, a Kyle Pitts for wilson and lance unless you're completely and totally sold on them at the same time you know i had i i think the safe way to do it and i certainly have plenty of personal anecdotes where if it had gone slightly differently you know if i had taken one of the drafts if i had taken herbert instead of jk dobbins that would have been a home run another draft in which it was set up very much like the theme we're talking about on today's show you know how to beat these early drafts well I put together a team that now has so many rookie becoming second year studs that it looks like a championship contender for a decade. And yet I'm in a little bit of trouble because the quarterbacks that I rested on at the end were Jimmy Garoppolo and Dwayne Haskins. Now Garoppolo, I think is still going to be fine. Haskins, you've got to replace. So now you're in a situation where you have the sixth pick in the upcoming draft and you really think that you're going to be competing for a title next year. You know, do you take one of those potential number one overall picks or do you risk it on the, the quarterbacks here? So if you don't take quarterbacks when you have the possibility, when you have a no-brainer, then later you can end up having to reach. You can end up having to constantly chase points and startable players at that position. That's not the situation you want to get into. Now, if you're talking about a, a normal league, there's a value to having Mahomes, a value to having Murray, certainly even a value to having Joe Burrow, who's someone we're targeting even though that first, second, third game of the season, maybe the first month of 2021 ends up being a little tricky to him as he rehabs. But I think the other thing that you want to make sure that you do is 
that in all of these leagues, that when you get a fair trade offer, you at least consider it. And you're trying to build a super team for yourself. And if you can help other people at different times, then you want to be aware of how that can come back to you later on in terms of trade offers that benefit you. One of the things that I see in some of these super flex leagues are situations where you have the one guy who's a QB hoarder and doesn't even really seem to care about winning because the rest of his team is bad, but has, you know, four or five, six, seven, eight quarterbacks. And, you know, when you approach about a trade, you know, it's, it's always the best player off of your team that the person wants, even though, yeah, I mean, if, if someone has eight QBs in your league, then the remaining players are so limited that those QBs do take on more value. But in a clear cut situation where someone is trying to extort you because of how they put their team together, they're actually not that competitive and they want you to overpay. That really shuts down the quarterback market as opposed to being a situation where you can get a lot of value at it. So regardless of position, I really try and make sure that I'm constantly moving my own team forward and not being so focused on winning trades that I lose out on a volume of potential trades in the future. Because that's what you're really looking at is a large volume of trades that allow you to accomplish your objectives as opposed to, you know, once every two or three years, having this one big trade that benefits you. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, Sean, we mentioned on Tuesday's show that we are expanding for one further week, the five-star contest. It has now expanded uh, to two draft guides that we will be giving away. Uh, all you have to do is leave a five-star review of how Rotovitz Overtime helped you win your league in 2020. You can leave that on all the different podcast uh, players and that that are out there. There's a lot of different options. I'm getting, usually I go and I check uh, iTunes or Apple to see um, the reviews, but you get them in many, many ways. And I, I've even had people saying that maybe I'm the only person in the world that uses this player, but here is the review and sending a, a picture of the review. So we do thank everyone who has been submitting those. Uh, I want to just mention on the show, on a kind of Saturday note, um, over the weekend, we did repost the Fantasyland episode that was with Chris Wesling. Um, it was a, an episode that was put up a couple of years back, a phenomenal show done by Pat Corain and Peter Overzet that Matt Freeman helped put together. Unfortunately, uh, Chris Wesling did pass away uh, just the, the week off the Super Bowl. Uh, for anyone who knew Chris, um, was a, a major uh, part of the NFL community, one of the best guys out there. And very, very um, sad news, obviously, with his passing. Um, and I just wanted to, to mention that for a lot of people were reaching out to see how they could listen to that edition. Um, it had, uh, you know, f- removed from some pod players because of the, the time passed since it was posted. So it is now available on the Road of His Radio main feed. Um, was posted on Sunday off this week for anyone that does want to go and check that out. Um, a really uh, powerful episode and uh, quite an emotional one listening back to it at this point. Um, the last thing as well that I want to mention is, I guess, Chris Wesley was part of the Around the NFL podcast, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. This uh, I always look for listener suggestions. And so this week uh, with the NFL uh, on a kind of a, a little bit of a hiatus, I'm looking for some non-sports podcasts to to listen to, to fill that off-season listening for the next couple of weeks. So my call out for next week is to, to head us up with the suggestions for the best non-sports podcasts uh, to listen to this off-season. You can send them to me at Overtime Ireland on Twitter or RotoVizRadio at gmail.com. We'll include some of the best ones 
on next week's show. As always, as a loyal podcast listener as well, you can save yourself 10% off a road of his NFL pass by adding the code RV Radio 2021 at checkout or by going to rotaviz.com for further information. And that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Marlin. My co-host is Sean Siegel, and you can check out all of Sean's great work up on rotoviz.com. Until we're back next week with another two shows, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount to the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.